All right. Yeah. So thank you for joining in and wanting to be uh first interview that, you know, reached out. I had, I had posted a comment, people to send me emails, but you actually took action first. Uh, so yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So thank, thank you for being diligent and actually uh, following through. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, have you do an introduction, you know, to yourself and then I'll introduce myself to the people that don't know and then we'll get started. Hey y'all, my name is Dr. Candace Hargons. I go by Dr. Candace Nicole. I'm on faculty at the University of Kentucky and I own and direct the Center for Healing Racial Trauma. What up, y'all? <laughs> awesome, awesome. So yeah, uh, my name is Ronell. You guys were excited to have Dr. Candace Nicole uh, with us today. So this is gonna be awesome. Um, as you guys know, my name is Ronell Miller. I'm, I'm the founder and CEO of HBCU Startups. We highlight various entrepreneurs across the country that are doing great work in our community. A lot of times people think of great starters, they only think of you know MIT, Stanford, Harvard, Yale. Uh, so this is our way of highlighting underrepresented entrepreneurs. Uh, we highlight some entrepreneurs as well that necessarily don't go to HBCUs, but that's our focus in terms of now. Uh, and that's what we do, we have a marketplace, so it's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, for my first question of the night, I, I like the fact that you brought up uh, mental health, I think, is very much important right now uh, with everything going on. As you've seen, probably the report today in the news, over 3.3 million Americans are unemployed at the moment. Yeah. What is your take? And, you know, what are some, you know, things people can do to try to build some positive habits in this time of uh, crisis? Uh, the most positive habit people can start with is taking care of their physical self. Hmm. So eating well and sleeping the amount of time they need to sleep and that's about six to eight hours for most people a lot of folks don't realize how eating and sleeping is connected to mental health but it's a primary step and then i would add to that physical wellness so just moving your body for 20 to 30 minutes each day dancing around the house going for a walk at a proper social distance like those are the things that people don't have to pay for hmm. and they really make a difference to your mental health and your well-being i go by a a strategy of compassionate commitment and that means that i commit to those things that are healthy for me but i'm also compassionate with myself when shit hits the fan and you need to take a day off or you don't meet your mark or whatever that is because if you don't engage yourself with compassion that's that's a number one thing that can deteriorate mental health so too hard on yourself you're not giving yourself affirmation, positive encouragement, all of those things. So those are the basics. Now, the specifics to mental health, that's when you need to do the journaling or do the affirmations, do the meditation, um, talk to your therapist. Online is the format that I've been using since August anyway, but a lot of therapists are now going into that format just so that they can preserve the relationships they have with your clients. So making an extra appointment with your therapist if you need to. Connecting mm -hmm. with your social support system. This is a nice opportunity. I've been Zooming and Google doing and right. FaceTiming <laughs> with my loved ones, even these type of things. So, mm -hmm. you know, just connecting with the people who care about you and the people you care about more often. Cuddling, snuggling with my husband and my son. Mm -hmm. All of those things are conducive to preserving and maintaining your mental health. Because this is stressful for a lot of people, yeah. regardless. Yes, yes, I like that. Um, you know what, and, and, I, and tying this kind of to race, I like the fact that you, you know, you, you do a lot of things in terms of race relations here in America. Uh, one thing I found very strange, but it's really interesting, um, 
is that a lot of people, and you know, you hear Trump saying it's the Chinese virus, it's this, right? So like, have you guys been paying close attention how, you know, race relations have been during this time and how people Mm -hmm. are responding to others that don't look like them? You know, I know that there have been, I've been seeing a few kind of articles, haven't really dove deep into them, but what are some things that you guys have been seeing in terms of the climate of race relations during this time? Clients are terrified, especially some of the clients that I work with who identify as of a variety of Asian American descent. Mm -hmm. They're terrified to go outside to feel like they might be targeted in a really direct, harassing, violent way. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in the news, um, people being harassed on subways, people being harassed in grocery stores, mistreated, talked about from the administration level on down to the community level. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people have been taking this information that's been forwarded by this administration and using it to fuel the existing bias. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you just all of a sudden started to hate or be fearful of Asian American people. I think that that's probably a predisposition that you were socialized into. And then it's been exponentially increased based on the fact that it's being rewarded right now. So I think I've seen a lot of a lot of people feeling fearful, a lot of people feeling upset, hurt, scared, all of those things. Hmm. Interesting. Um and then uh what what's very interesting about it too is the type of uh panic and fear in terms, you know, tying this kind of back to uh mental health. And I like the fact that you said yeah. underlying kind of racial issues that's kind of already been there. But um, yeah. um, what are kind of some of the things in terms of, you know, what kind of makes people panic? Like I see a lot of people are buying toilet paper. They're just buying a lot of things in general that they necessarily don't need. Like we have plenty of food and they're stocking stuff up in the morning. Like what is that mental kind of thing that makes people in terms of crisis kind of like panic and rush to want to just do things that they normally don't do? Yeah, I think that fear can show itself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So for some people, fear might show up as panic, um, and that's an excess of energy that's goal-oriented. So that might mean you're going to buy up all the toilet paper or you're hoarding foods, you're in survival mode, and so your body goes into, I gotta protect me and mine, and that's Mm -hmm. it, and nobody else matters. If I don't make it out of here alive, everybody else can go to, like your brain takes you there. But some people function through, paralysis so because they're so afraid they can't move they're Mm. terrified to a point where they become incapacitated they can't do anything they feel reduced to non-existent motivation for anything so there's a range of ways that fear can show up panic is just the one that you get to see more often in some countries you've seen um looting and rioting and people are understandably angry with how this has happened and how certain governments have responded versus others. Um, And so you'll see a combination of anger and panic. And Mm -hmm. I think the the fear component is usually what encourages people to hoard and to take care in their, in their mind, they're taking care of the people they care about. So I don't want to pathologize it. They're, they're taking care of the people that they care about by hoarding these things. But Fear makes you, it it allows you to forego rationality on, hey, there are other people that are taking care of people they care about too. And Mm -hmm. equity in these resources may be really useful. Right, right. 
great, great question. You, I like the equity part. That actually goes into my next question. Um, okay. But, um, you know, in terms of access to different things, right? In our communities, we have a lot of food deserts, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where is the equity in the crisis? It seems like to me in some places that I drive through, I, I'm, I live in the Southern California area, so I see a mix of, you know, great neighborhoods and uh, I can drive 10 minutes later and it's like, all I see is McDonald's, uh, Popeye's chicken and whatever, right? Like, um, how is the black community positioned in a way to really uh, be okay if this continues to go Mm -hmm. on? I'm I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Um, I think even though we have a lot of disparities that have been socially created to be against us, we're going to be all right Mm -hmm. because we have been taking care of each other and having each other's back for a long time. So I grew up in Lockport, New York, which is a small town in Western New York, right outside of Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. And we were in these subsidized housing projects and we had a community. That means that when my mother decided she didn't want to live there anymore and she was going to start going to night school and working full time during the day, then community members fed us. Community Mm -hmm. members took care of us, watched us after school. And I think we have a history of doing that. So what I've been observing, that's what I love about the black community. What I've been observing is groups of black women getting together like, hey y'all, let's have a watch party to preserve your mental health and to have some social engagement. Hmm. Hey, does anybody, I know an organization here in Lexington, it's called Step by Step and it's run by a black woman executive director. She's like, hey, I got single moms out here who need some things, who's gonna show up for them? Mm. And then the community comes out like, I got some, I got some toilet paper for sis, I got some food <laughs> for sis and their kids, you know? Mm. So like, those are the those are the things like that we, we have been doing for each other. We know how to take $20 and feed 20 people. So, mm. Depending on how you grew up, you are used to spreading resources that are intentionally scarce so that you could so you can be less likely to thrive mm-hmm. and still making soul food out of it. Mm. I like that. Look, snap, snap, clap, mm-hmm. clap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, so um what are some things I guess in terms of, you know, the uh kind of the spiritual aspect, you know, uh seems like your, you know, mental health, like what are some good mental exercises? Like I know you gave a few earlier, but you know, I see a lot of people kind of doing like yoga right now from home or they're working out from home. Like what are some good things to kind of relieve some of the stress uh, in terms of, you know, clearing your mind? Yeah, absolutely. So I love affirmation, Um, Mm -hmm. saying them aloud or writing them down or thinking them all three work well so depending on what modality works well for you writing down i feel well mm-hmm. i feel loved i feel healthy saying mm-hmm. those things out loud looking at yourself in the mirror and saying them but exhortation is another form of that so that's you saying that about somebody else so call up your homeboy call up your homegirl and be like man you know what i really love you you really mm-hmm. are a valuable person in my life doing that with other people and doing that one strategy of your mental health and your wellness um i agree with you on the yoga and the dance a lot mm-hmm. of these people who feature like different yoga poses each day on youtube mm-hmm. or they might do a live like this and do 15 minutes of a yoga session or a dance session or a meditation session follow those folks mm-hmm. so that you can still get the type of healing that you need i know there's um someone gee i wish i remembered the, the name because i just started following them they do sound baths, which is a new modality of healing I just learned about. And so they use like these singing bowls and 
every day they do like the dance session with Agnes and take people in to listen to those singing bowls and the musicality of it really just reduces your stress level. So listening to your favorite music. So that might be anything from box to trap music. All of it it functions for you to enrich your life and listen to that dance around the house. Um, those are some of the strategies that I use and that I share with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so just checking in with yourself is probably the easiest thing where you give yourself five minutes to say, how is my breathing right now? Mm-hmm. Am I taking deep breaths? Am I exhaling deeply? That is a really easy way for any lay person in the community to check in with how they're feeling mentally because our breath communicates to our body what we feel like we deserve, our stress level, all of those things are encompassed in how we breathe, how we take in and exhale oxygen. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I like that. You guys better have been taking notes. Y'all taking notes out there? I see y'all <laughs> joining in. She's she giving out some good information to keep your mental health clear at this time. Um, the social justice piece, I think, too, which is kind of important, too, and just even really just criminal justice, I kind of want to get on, which this time is kind of okay. very intriguing. Um, right now, I have a friend that's in the Dallas area that uh, works underneath a judge, a uh, pretty big judge yeah. in, in Dallas County. Um, and you have a lot of people that are kind of just trying to push kind of in a way black kids into these plea deals, right? We, we hear this time and time again. So what are some tools that you would like to share the community to really, you know, protect themselves during this time if they do have an incident, right? Like some places are locked down completely. Like you may be pulled over if you're out past a certain mm-hmm. curfew. Like, what are some good measures they can do to protect, protect themselves during this time? And if they are caught up in any criminal uh, trouble or anything, you know, involving law enforcement, what are some ways that they should uh, stay engaged? I wish I had a better answer for you, but mm-hmm. because I'm not a person that understands the intricacies of law enforcement and mm-hmm. legal work, I don't feel like I can really expertly answer that question. Mm-hmm. I can talk about how to, engage with people, have conversations with people when they're rational and they want to listen to you mm-hmm. about social justice, uh, how to change systems and navigate systemic change and mm-hmm. organizational change. When it comes to like how people protect themselves from law enforcement, I don't feel like I'm adequately prepared to answer that because I don't know that we can protect ourselves. A lot of a lot of um a lot of the work that our earlier civil rights leader did, leaders did was about respectability politics. And like, if you position yourself in a certain way and you speak eloquently and you get an education and all of these things and you'll be protected from um, state sanctioned violence. And that's just not true, right. you know? And so I don't, I don't want to act like there are certain things that you can do as an individual that will mitigate a person who is endorsed racist values targeting you or or basically incarcerating you unduly right okay no i definitely definitely appreciate that that's something i wanted to see if you had any take on it but that that's a good take right there right like they're just some people that are just out to get you and that that's very much real and we got to just you know be cautious of that um tell me a little bit more about the black lives matter uh uh, involvement that you have. I was trying to kind of understand that piece. Can you break that down a little yeah. bit toward, toward, uh, to For me, sure. to the people? So in 2000, ooh, this time has flown. <laughs> in 2014, 2014, I think it was, 
And you know, I, I know you have your business aspect. What are some things you're doing in your business to tackle, you know, some of these issues, or you know, that your clients deal with? What are some things, you know, and things that you can share at the moment, right? I know there may be some client, mm-hmm. uh, you know, discretion, but you know, what are some things that you like to share that you that you work with, so people can know, you know, what you do and how you can help them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I do 
one-on-one therapy right now or couples therapy. I also do sex therapy and that's not other specialization. But for the healing racial trauma work, it's one-on-one therapy. Right now it's in an online format. So I'm working with clients around their racial identity development. So how they understand themselves as people of color, how the world has told them what their identity means and how they can reclaim that and begin to embrace what it means. So working with my clients, it might be like this so many ways to be a black person there's not just this one essential way to be black and there's value in being black in whatever way you are black and so just helping them therapeutically work through that help a lot of people work through anger and rage and i validate the fact that it makes sense that you're pissed it makes sense that you're furious at all the lies you've been told and so i created this journal it's called first of all and it's for black women actually get my little copy it's for black women who um you know they work in a professional setting and they don't want to be perceived as the angry black woman Mm -hmm. they don't want to endorse that stereotype but they are rightfully angry and they have a lot of stress race-based stress related to their work environment or their school environment Mm -hmm. so that's something that i created because yeah that's that so that's something that i I created because I wanted the work that I do. I work in Kentucky and I live in Kentucky. So I do therapy in the state. I wanted it to be accessible to people all over the country, all over the globe who were interested in it. So I put that together within a weekend. My husband was like, man, you know, you just wrote a whole book in a weekend. But I was playing around Mm. talking about it. I didn't even meet for it to be a thing and a whole bunch of black people like no girl actually need that yeah. i need to have that and so i just sat down that weekend and, and created it so that's you know that's the scale therapy i do on a sliding scale and that means that this is one of the privileges i have of already having a full-time job that means that i don't rely on my therapy clients for my um for my lifestyle yeah. and that means i can provide therapy um, at a reduced rate for people who cannot afford the rate that I would normally charge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are some of the things. My husband is building our center right now. So we bought this old abandoned house here yeah. and he's just been like chugging away and he runs his own business. So he's doing double time work, but chugging away at like finishing all of it so that we can be housed in a place mm-hmm. that is in a predominantly black neighborhood mm-hmm. that is renovated that can allow for me to have some meditation classes and to have people who do massage therapy and reiki and all kinds of other healing things that are my skill set that I want to be so known for that everything we do occur. Awesome. And for people that I know a lot of people say Reiki and things like that and say, you know, for people that don't know what Reiki is, can you explain a little bit, if you do know, what, what that means? Which I knew really in depth, but I don't. I'm the type of person that's not going to pretend like I'm the expert or something, but I'm not. But what I do know is that it's a healing modality where you shift people's energy. I don't know how you do it, but I recognize it as a skill that I don't have that somebody that does have that skill will be hired to do. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. So she she's right on the right page. I, I've done it with very with various people. Uh, mainly oh, people that are close, mainly with people that are close to my family. So basically, it is like you're saying it's a transfer of energy. You may have pent up aggression. You may okay. have things that are trapped and aren't necessary. The positive energies are moving to uh, moving the right way. Right. So it kind of clears that out, and they kind of do a white light. So it'd be like this. 
and then your hands and start feeling it. I've had some people that are trying to teach me how to practice it. I'm thinking about oh. it, but the energy shifts from that person and it cleans you out. All the negative things if someone's done harm to you, a hex, all types of different stuff. You have some people that get really deep into it, but uh, but yeah, you got to hire the right. How did you like it? How did it work for you? Uh, it worked for me, and it also keeps you centered. One of the big things Ooh. for me, uh, I've had people tell like I have sometimes problems sleeping like I'm always up right I mean that's the life of like someone who's seriously committed to business <laughs> I'm always up and I'm always thinking I'm a creative right so uh, I would I used to sleepwalk so yeah um, yep. that's a real of, thing people yeah. don't know how real that is yeah and it used and after going to some of those sessions it grounded me right so like it could be me taking my my socks off and at home and rubbing my feet against carpet or going outside and having my having my socks off or just my socks in the grass Mm -hmm. connecting Mm -hmm. with earth right like sometimes we're not connected we have all this technology and we used to be connected to just the earth right like sometimes we forget that but uh but um yeah so that's pretty much what it is, but yeah, you definitely you gotta hire, hire somebody that has the expertise. Okay, and, and, see, now that got me more excited yeah. about it because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to get some and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely keeps you centered and grounded. That that's one of the biggest things I can take from into after effect. But uh, but yeah. So, um, someone actually asked, you know, where can they get your uh book? Someone messaged you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you can look. You can find it in the link in my bio. So if you're if you hit my Instagram page, the link for the journal is in my bio. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, in terms of uh, which was interesting, you kind of brought up uh, sex therapy. I really don't hear a lot about that. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you know kind of goes into that? Is it like sex ties to people, or like what what are some things that you're trying to like really uh, help people during you know during those type of sessions? Oh, yeah, it can be anything from sexual dysfunction. So, like, maybe some of your genitalia aren't working the way you would like them to work, but it can be sexual desire discrepancy. So mm. it might be that you and the person that you're with have different levels of sexual desire and helping them resolve that or work work with that. It can be your sexual identity development. So mm. maybe you're coming out or maybe you're figuring out that you're questioning and you just want to sit in that process with somebody um it can be how your sexual attitudes like how you were raised the sexual messaging that you got Mm. as a kid can really influence how you enjoy your sexual life so you know i want people to have sensational sex and that means sometimes helping people deprogram those negative sex negative sex negative messages Oh, it can be any number of things, sometimes with individuals, sometimes with couples. Mm. Um, making sure that it's with couples that I'm working with those people in uh, in a joint way as opposed to like one person or the other. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of things you can do with it. You're right, we don't talk about it enough, right. but there are some really dope people of color who do sex therapy and sex education. Mm. Awesome, I like that, yeah. I mean, we start learning about, uh, like, here in California, we typically start learning in the public education system, of course, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, sex, like, seventh, eighth grade, and sometimes yeah. it was kind of, and sometimes, to be honest with you, it was kind of too late. I knew people in middle school yeah. that already was having sex or knew about it more than other people knew about it in the class, so, like, I feel like that's definitely some things we need to, you know, talk about more, and also, you know, practicing it safe is. sex, right? 
Because you get these messages where it's like, don't have sex, or you're going to hell, or you're going to get HIV, or you're going to be pregnant. It's like, there are a lot of the things that can happen when you have sex, too, and nobody ever talks about them, and then they see everybody having sex and enjoying it in the media, and you're like, huh, I'm going to just try to see what happens, but without information about how to take care of yourself and protect yourself. To have right. Yeah, correct. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to add or share any updates you have for 2020? This has been, uh, this has been great. We already been here like 30 minutes has flew by. Wow. <laughs> but what? Yeah, it was yeah, 30 minutes? yeah, we've been going, we've been oh going good. Goodness. It's been, it's been great. We got, we got to definitely do a second part to this. I really like this and probably go more into it. We talked a lot about mental health and dealing with, you know, trauma during a crisis. Maybe we can go more of like mm-hmm. dealing with mental health day to day and, you know, things like that. Okay. And also just, I want to kind of dive in even deeper on some of the race relations here in the U.S. because it's, it's very interesting, and I think that's a you know huge topic we can kind of segment you know in terms of politics, economics. There's a lot of stuff we yeah. can touch on. Uh, but yeah, uh, any updates you have, or you know where people can follow you and uh, stay up to date with your journey? Yeah, you can follow me at Dr. Candice Nicole here on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter at all, even though I have a page. Like I just can't even manage three social media accounts. They have a full time job and a business and a husband and a baby. So when I when I get to the level where I have a social media manager, all of it might be popping. But as for today, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Uh, I do have the website, the Center for Healing Racial Trauma dot com or drcandicenicole.com. You can reach me at either one of those. And from what's up in the next year I have no idea because I don't know what the world is going to be going through so what I'm trying to do now is just be mindful and appreciative and conscientious about this moment mm-hmm. grateful for the relief I'm having a lot of things canceled soothing my soul <laughs> you know and um spending this quality time with the people I love and still doing my work consistently and doing the things that I love I have my dream job and mm-hmm. I'm blessed for that, so that's that's really what I'm seeing for the year. Maybe for 2021, we can start all over, but I'm just gonna do what I'm doing for this year. <laughs> right. No, I understand. I that. see some of my people on here. Hey, uh, Dr. Green. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Julie and yeah. Dr. Carlton Green. I saw y'all. What yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. No, that's Natural great. Natural alluring. I saw you up in there. <laughs> he said, "Hashtag introverts." <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. No, that's good. That's good stuff. But yeah, you guys. And also, uh, I wanted to add too. So we just we were just doing an IG live, but I thought that this was necessary. So what we're going to do to you guys that have came in here a little later, we're going to actually add this to our podcast. So, uh, okay. so yeah, check it out. You guys can search HBCU news. So this is a great conversation. Like I said, we're going to do a second part to this. Dr. Candace is very great and is very knowledgeable about different issues here that are going across uh, the U.S. And, you know, these are also global issues as well, right? It's not just problems we have in the U.S. as people of color, yeah. but these are issues that are global issues that we have to deal with to make the world a better place. Um, but, yeah, so thank you uh, for your time, you guys. Thank like, you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So look up, you know, Apple Podcasts. Just search HBCU News. I'll put this under our startup series, so uh, HBCU Startups Interview Series. And uh, that should be up within the next week. I'll just do some edits off of this content, this audio from Instagram. And uh, you guys look out. So it's been great. And look out for the second part. We'll put up probably another flyer similar to this one uh, for the second part. And uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a good night, you guys. Bye. Bye, y'all.